a playlist original. What's up? It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBB. I'm so glad you're here. Before we get to today's episodes, before we get to today's episode, I have a few things I want to chat about. First off, I did see that Harry and Olivia broke up and I'm going to talk about that on episode 120 next Sunday with TikTok pop culture commentator Jordi Cray. But I have seen that and I have lots of thoughts, but I'll save that for next episode. And then in this episode, I use the word baggage when I was referring to like Emily Ratajkowski and other women dating Pete Davidson. And I was listening back and I really regret that choice of words. I just meant like lived experience or or whatever. But yeah, I didn't really like how the way the way that that came out. And then let's do a quick Taylor Swift versus the Swifties versus Ticketmaster uh, update because we talk about that in the episode, but there is a few updates. So Taylor Swift did release a statement. This was on Friday, so the day after we recorded, and it is a Instagram story, which I thought was like already a little bit suspicious because I feel like people who release Instagram story statements like knows that they disappear so they're like not on their grid or their website or whatever so like people can't you know just see it and remember it so I was like "Mm, okay that was like a specific choice and I was really surprised because she does definitely mention that 2.4 million people got tickets which was a record which I was like loling about because I said I'm about to say that in the podcast but What I was really surprised about was she really puts the blame on Ticketmaster, which I thought was really interesting because obviously artists need a good relationship with this company that has a monopoly on all of the big stadiums in the U.S. She does allude to providing more opportunities, so maybe that's releasing you know, the international legs or more shows, but they have not released any information about selling tickets to the general population that was canceled on Thursday. Ticketmaster apologized to Taylor Swift on Twitter and released some information about why it didn't go as planned, um, which is interesting because they posted on November 17th, removed the information, and then edited it and reposted it on November 18th. So there's some like key differences to their statements in the new like FAQ they do talk about how Taylor's team tried to um, do what's right for their fans and uh, add more shows and do the verified fan pre-sale etc they talked a lot about the system and how there's disruptions because of how many people were on the website and in almost every case They changed saying Taylor in their statements to proper legal title, like 13 management, um, etc. So it's been a few days after this whole debacle. So I want to know how you feel. Are you feeling still like you were ripped off? Do you still want to get tickets if you haven't got them? Just let me know. Do you think it's 
still on Ticketmaster's fault or Taylor's fault. I'm really curious to know. The last thing we need to do before we get to today's episode is our Patreon shout out. So I'm going to shout out two patrons, Catherine A and Catherine J. Catherine A and I first connected over the use of Chloe's beta blockers, which literally seems like a lifetime ago. But I just want to say thank you so much for being an official Petty Betty. I appreciate you so much. And Catherine J, or as everybody obviously knows her on here as at always underscore striving underscore for underscore better. I so appreciate that you always submit questions, always submit topics, and I really like getting that listener involvement and like to be able to check in where you are all at and what you're interested in talking about. So I appreciate you so much. On this week's episode of Patreon, I'm talking with Shannon from Fluently Forward and Cam from what I will say about celebrity religions like Kabbalah and sure we'll touch on Scientology and maybe Hillsong. So um, that was a requested topic from the patrons. So I'm really excited to deep dive into that with those two special guests. Okay, let's get to today's show. Here's my conversation with Bailey. I'm back with a very special guest. Bailey from the Kinda Cute podcast is here. Bailey, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be back. This is my, I was telling Tori, this is only my second time being a guest. The first time was also on her show. So I'm very happy to be here. Happy for you to be back. Last time you were on, we were talking about the Kardashians slash like, like when Kim photoshopped true. Yeah. True over stormy. Yes. Yeah. Wild. And, you know, I just saw funny enough a TikTok of her photoshopping in like a little Hermes bag, like a little pink Hermes yes, bag. Yes. And you know what? It actually goes with our conversation because last time she said it was because she wanted to keep the pink theme going. So I'm like, you know what? Now I kind of believe her. I think she just really wants the pink in her Instagrams. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like a little bit sus that it was like at Disneyland their show in Canada and I think internationally is on Disney Plus and a lot of them dressed up as like Disney characters or Disney adjacent characters for Halloween but I agree the color thing is like probably my number one theory because I saw the bag thing and then like I literally went to her page and she clearly needed like some type of like guiding theme and we've seen her house and shit like she's nuts for everything to be perfection so Uh exactly I believe it but again I love the conspiracy theory about it being a Disney capitalism grab like you know I I I think they can both be true yeah 100 percent. yeah that's such a good point but yeah it's funny because it's like people Kim really don't notice that thing like (laughs) no I don't know I wish I could just start shit posting on Instagram but I maybe I'm just like Kim too I just can't (laughs) (laughs) I feel you I literally I was looking at my Instagram I'm like I think I posted like four times this year Mm -hmm. I'm like what do you do girl like you want to be an influencer you gotta yeah Yeah. (laughs) once every five months I'm I'm literally dead because I talk about that all the time. I'm like, why am I not a famous influencer? It's like, Tori, you haven't shown your face on the internet (laughs) in like two years. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, (laughs) so on Kind of Cute, you dissect pop culture articles from The Cut and, and just like pop culture in general. 
do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about your podcast? Yes. Well, that was a great recap of it. (laughs) I'm, I'm a lawyer by trade, but I hate being a lawyer. I love pop culture. And so my (laughs) podcast, it's just like a fun escape. And I, I've really had fun doing it. I know uh, Ready to Be Petty just turned four. Uh, kind of cute just turned three. So, you know, we've been around for a little while now. Honestly, love that <laughs> for us. Yeah, consistency is key. I read like literally one cut, the cut, the cut article and I like sent it to you. I was like, it was the Meghan Markle one. I was like, <laughs> just like trying to be involved. Like. <laughs> Their articles are very fun. I do recommend them if you if yeah. you're not involved in them yet. Like they are very fun. I like the tone of their articles. So, yeah. They inspired the podcast and years later, they're still, they're still going and we're still going. So it's nice. Great. <laughs> nice. So today we're going to dive into some really exciting things. We're going to talk about Emrata and Pete Davidson. Paul Mezcal. I always say Mezcal because of the alcohol. Pez, <laughs> yeah. Paul Mezcal and Daisy. Is it Edgar Jones? Yes. And then... I feel like we should talk about them first and then we should get into the Ticketmaster versus the Swifties controversy. Oh, yeah, because I'm ready to rant about that. I am ready. Okay, I'm so glad. I was, like, texting some of my friends. We'll get into this. And I was like, I have a lawyer on the show and we're going to, like, get into it. They're, they're like, oh, that's such an interesting angle. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, see, I wasn't even going to go at it from that angle. I just am going at it as, like, a sworn as a Swiftie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And then Bailey is gonna nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week and of this week in Petty. Um, okay, so M Rada or Emily Radikowski was spotted with Pete Davidson, which this is becoming, I swear to God, like a bad joke. <laughs> like nowadays. Oh yeah. Uh, like it it's it's unbelievable. So Dumois, the blind item Instagram account, broke that they were spotted hanging out on Sunday in New York. And there was no pictures or anything. And people were just like, again, like, haha, April Fools. There's no fucking way that these two are like dating. By Wednesday, TMZ had broke pictures. <laughs> what do you think of this rumored couple? Well, I totally agree with you about it seeming like a joke. Like, it literally seems like we're all getting punked by just all of Hollywood. The girls and Pete Davidson included. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Like, they're both in on it. But I have, okay, I have quite a few thoughts about this. First off, I I looked at the TMZ photos today. They were kind of wearing, like, matching sweatpants. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're already matching, and we're at, like, one month in in this relationship. That's interesting. She was holding a wrapped gift because she was on his way to or on the way to his 29th birthday party. Yes, because he just turned 29. Yes. So my theory is that the gift she was holding is a book. I think M. Arata really loves to like she always Give quotes books. books. Yeah, yes. quotes books that she's read from. So I don't have a prediction on what exactly book she was giving him, but that's what I think it was. Which is cute. I like that. You know, it's not like over the top, not too expensive. Shows something that she cares about, wants him to be into. I like mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, she just started her own podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. High, low or whatever. Exactly. And I think she's very much in that stance of like any publicity is good publicity. Mm-hmm. And she had Julia Fox on one of her earlier episodes, the queen of a PR relationship. Yeah. So Emily is playing the game, you know, 
beautifully. She's getting yeah. to play the game and she's getting a side of BDE. And she's also famously said she <laughs> she's into sex. So she yeah. gets that. Yes. She's famously into kind of ugly people. Like, I'm sorry, like her yes. husband was not really a looker. Sebastian. Yeah. 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 100%. So sorry to dump all of my thoughts all at once. But no, that's I love like, this. That, that's what I have on this relationship. No, I get that. I agree that like, I think she was kind of like, oh my God, my husband was like cheating on me. This is like kind of tragic I don't know I feel like she's had ups and downs in her career like I just feel like she's only I don't know I guess she was like maybe b-list and I feel like she's making a a push for a-list and I don't know I just think why wouldn't she date Pete Davidson at this point because it gives you that extra boost and um yeah they were wearing matching outfits it like always pisses me off when like celebs like Emily Ratajkowski are wearing what I wear every single day a pair of (laughs) ASIC sneakers a pair of gray sweatpants and a black puffer but people are like checking in on my mental well-being and people were like what a fit like going to your boyfriend's house like late night in this like cute outfit um, but yeah, I love the book thing. She was talking about how she gave Julia Fox like a book on like feminism or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> on her pod, which I was like dying. Do you think the book could be on feminism? Totally. Totally. Honestly, <laughs> if I had to guess, that's what I would go with. That seems to be so the funny. That's so fucking funny. And I also wonder if, you know, her sweatpants that definitely looked like literally like the Walmart ones, or, like the ones you can get off Amazon. Yeah, again, but like they're probably aesthetic. Like, $600 sweatpants yes 100 like, you know she's getting sent the good shit even though it's it's not any better but it has like a different label so it's you know charged. totally I want to bring like the Kim Kardashian piece into this because I do feel like Emily Ratajkowski does have more of like a Pete Davidson vibe to her like I feel like she's a lot more low-key whereas like I just watched the most recent episode of the Kardashians which was so fucking weird because everyone on TikTok has been talking about how Pete was edited out of the show. And then the week that <laughs> he is on, he's back, like, dating some new chick. Like, it, 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 I don't know. It's too it's too coincidental for me. Or maybe I'm just, like, drinking the, like, <laughs> blind item Kool-Aid. But Kim just seemed so uptight, which, like, is fine. And, like just going to like a thousand events and Pete was saying like how exhausting it was. And I just feel like he would want a more low key celeb like Emily Ratajkowski. I totally agree. I think this is so in both of their lanes. Like to me, out of all the people Pete has dated, this honestly makes the most sense for me and on her side of it too. Like I said, I get it. Like I get it completely. Yeah. But I also agree with you that I think she is definitely making a bid to be a list which is kind of ironic when I think that Pete would be better off with someone who's a little bit more under the radar, like you said. So it's like this weird, almost power play where it's like she sees the social gain that he can give her. And at the same time, I feel like he wants someone who's not on the same level as Kim. Yes, yes. I, you know, I think they're both getting what they want out of this. And she's gorgeous. I mean, she is literally one of the prettiest people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. 
truly mine too. That's the other thing. I feel like it's like when you go from someone like Kim Kardashian, it's like, who can you date next? Obviously, a model. (laughs) That's your only option. There was a Reddit post because I was bruising Reddit this morning about how he like possibly like targets women when they're in like a vulnerable stage in their life. Uh, like Ariana was like post like Mac Miller and the Manchester terrorist attack. Kim was post Kanye. Emily just got divorced from her husband. Like, do you see any validity to this? Or do you think it's like, well, every every person in their 30s and shit is going to have or 20s and 30s is going to have baggage? Oh, my God. I love that you brought this up because I had actually not heard of this theory before. A, yeah. I fucking love reddit i go to reddit for everything (laughs) i'm always like you know what i couldn't find that answer anywhere but i found it on reddit so i Mm -hmm. love that i think there's so many valid points that get brought up on there and i totally agree with this and on the same note have you been watching this season of white lotus no but i think i'm going to because not for like the gratuitous dick shots of (laughs) Theo James, I really want to point that out there, but I kind of am in my Theo James era because I was on a plane like a month ago and basically the only thing on the TV screens that I could watch was The Time Traveler's Wife. Okay, I didn't see that one. I saw the original movie, but not the TV show. Yes. Okay. It is, I would say, it is, uh, it is actually probably for the gratuitous nude (laughs) shots of Theo James watching that show because it's like, literally, he's a time traveler that like disappears out of his clothes. But um, it's on like HBO Max. It's really good. I, I, I think it's a good show. And so I was like, okay, I'm kind of in my Theo James era. And then he came out as like a star on White Lotus. So um, I didn't watch season one, even though like, I don't know, I kind of want to because I'm a big Survivor girl and it's created by Mike White. White. Yes. (laughs) But um, yeah, so maybe I'll start it. Maybe I'll start it. But yeah, I haven't yet. Anyways, that's all to say, no, I have not seen (laughs) season two of White Lotus. (laughs) You should. And you can start watching season two without seeing season one. And so far, the only dick shot of Theo James was like, very much in What's passing him? and his, yes. his his character is so unappealing that like it's oh, not no. sexy like okay. his character is awful I mean okay, he okay, looks okay. good while doing it but his character yeah. is awful but yeah, okay but to, to bring this back to Pete there yes. is a character in it who he, they kind of are setting him up as like this good guy like the nice guy trope right oh. and he is on the state with this girl who's uh, an assistant to a person staying there Jennifer Coolidge's character like her assistant mm-hmm. and they're on a date and he says to her you know I really like pretty wounded birds and when he says that, I'm just like, this man, and so many people on TikTok have been saying this too. They're like, oh, he is shady. Like, he is going to be the guy who says he's a nice guy, seems all nice, and it turns into a total dick, right? Yeah. And I think, actually, that is kind of what Pete Davidson likes. I, yes, I totally yeah. agree. He wants a pretty wounded, wounded bird. bird. And I'm not saying that Pete Davidson is going to turn into a dick down the line. I think mm-hmm. genuinely people seem to really like him as a person. And I think yeah. He's yeah. wounded himself, but it just, that's like immediately where my mind went, that that is definitely a trope that plays out in real life. 
Yeah, 100%. That's so interesting. Um, the toxicity is, yeah. is wild. I didn't write this in our notes, but I had, because I literally just saw this on TikTok, but there has been rumors that Kim and Pete were still talking or secretly seeing each other, etc. And I saw a TikTok that when these TMZ photos were released of him and Emrata, Kim immediately posted a bunch of pictures from Halloween and with like a bunch of roses. And people are like, maybe Pete sent Kim those roses because he had sent her, I guess, a similar bouquet um, and how we knew it was from him. This sounds so insane that I'm <laughs> saying this out loud. Like this is this is really insane. But like there was a jasmine candle, like jasmine, like the scent candle in front of them. So then people were like, okay, it's like from him. And then so there was like, okay, so there's the flower shots. And then a few hours later, on the Kim and North TikTok page, they post a duo together and it's using the song Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> Such a good song. Do you think that this is the biggest reach of all time? Or do you think the underlying message of her choosing that song and deciding to post these pictures of her standing in front of these bouquets are direct signs that she was still talking to Pete Davidson? Oh, so this is like always the problem to me. It's like the duality of the Kardashians, right? Because I believe both could be equally true. And this right. is what I always struggle when we talk about any sort of like Kardashian theory, because they so know how to use social media and to kind of play into the narrative. And, you right. know, on, on the TikToks, like the comments are turned off. So I feel like it makes it even more likely that people are going to stitch it and take it in their own direction. Right. And I think the Kardashians like when they light a fire like that for people to get talking. So while I do think it could be true, 100%, Mm -hmm. like I, I wouldn't doubt that Pete was still sending her flowers and whatever, like, why not? Mm -hmm. He would do that. But do I think (laughs) that she could be playing into it? And could that have been a very conscious choice of song? Yeah. Like I really do. I I don't doubt either. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, I, I just love it. Like, it's so frustrating, but it's so fun at the same time. Oh, yeah. I love dissecting minutiae like that. Like, it never gets yeah, old. Totally, totally. Anything else you want to say about Emrata and Pete Davidson? Like, maybe let's talk briefly, and then we can move on to Paul and Daisy. But, like, do you think that – so, I'm assuming we both think it's a PR relationship. Yeah. Okay. But I think they could de- legitimately be into each other. Yes. Okay. I think it's the same as, like, Kim and – Kim and Pete and like other celebs that are probably PR, but they also just like each other. Like, I I do think that that's the way it is. Do you see this being like a one time thing or do you think we're going to see like similar to Pete and Kim, like six months of content and then they'll break up? Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll ride it to kind of its climax. Who knows? I could be eating my words. They could be married next year. But I think (laughs) I think like the vibe I get from Emrata from her TikTok is that she's very much in her single girl era. Like, I don't see her wanting to be tied down seriously with someone right now. Like she has a young kid. She always is joking about like stepfather applications and her DMs. Yeah. So I think she's having fun with it. I don't think she wants to be like for lack of a better term, wifeied up, you know, right mm-hmm. away. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, cheers to both of you. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait for, yeah, more TMZ pictures, more Reddit threads, more convos in my texts. Like, yes, truly. I'm eagerly awaiting too. Same, same, same. Okay, on to another couple, Paul and Daisy. Paul Meskel and Daisy Edgar-Jones. Famously from the hit TV show, Normal People. Did you watch Normal People? Okay, I have not seen Normal People or Fleabag. I feel (gasps) like a fake fan, I know. Oh my God. Okay, so I'm chronically depressed. So it makes (laughs) sense that I've seen and stan both of these shows. Okay, but I'm chronically depressed too. (laughs) But that's why I like, I medicate and I stay away from sad shit. Literally. Okay, I famously cannot watch anything sad. Like anything even yeah. I yeah, agree. So I, I, I watched okay, so with normal people, I okay, it's a lie to say I haven't seen it because I think I watched the first like one and a half episodes. Yeah. And it was so slow and so much heavy breathing and staring at each other that I Oh, I love that though. Like, oh, <laughs> that felt like a fanfic to me. I was like, I just <laughs> I couldn't, and I don't even think I got to, like, the sexy part everyone's talking about. Like, everyone's like, it's so hot. Like, there's so many yeah. good sex scenes. And I'm like, yeah. I was just seeing a lot of heavy breathing. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it it's a lot. Like, you, sh- there's so many other shows that if you want good sex scenes that you can watch <laughs> without getting into, like, the depressing shit that normal, normal people brings up. But I haven't read the book, but I do stand by that it is a good show. My... One of my group chats has had a conversation about this, about how it's a bad show. And I'm like, no, I think it's good. But Paul, like, well, both of these actors really blew up from this. Paul especially being like, you know, just like an it boy, like very much lusted after, kind of in the the same shoes as Pete Davidson once upon a time. And he has been dating Phoebe Bridgers for a really really long time like they're engaged now right yes like confirmed okay yes I think it's confirmed it might also just still be rumored but like so they've been dating for like I would say like over a year um you can actually see they did their first time meeting was an Instagram live and if you really want to like do yourself dirty (laughs) go watch that because like it's like almost upsetting to watch because they had like chemistry it was so cute like it was so cute them like flirting with each other like it really yeah watch it on a good day I say that sounds depressing as shit like yeah yeah, good Yeah, like, skip if you're down bad, like, seriously. (laughs) But it's, like, so cute. Phoebe Bridgers is, like, I feel, like, kind of, like, a cult classic singer. Like, she, I don't know, yeah, she doesn't have, like, the fame as someone like Taylor Swift, who we're going to talk about next, but she's, like, beloved. And she's opening for Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. She was on Nothing New with Taylor on the Red Re-Records. And so... Everyone's like, hey, we stand these two. Like, Paul and Phoebe, so cute, so cute. But Daisy has been hanging out with them so often, like, going to parties with them, etc. And then this Halloween, and I didn't even see this till this week, so I didn't cover it on my Halloween episode. But they both dressed up as the Fleabag titular characters, Fleabag and the Hot Priest, for Halloween. 
Would you, if you were dating someone, um, their colleague, they, like, fake had sex with, is like, oh, yeah, babe, like, sorry, I'm actually dressing up in a couple's costume with, like, my colleague. You're okay to go solo, right, on this one? Okay, what would yeah. you say? My immediate thought was, like, that's fucking weird. That's why I started looking into it a little more, and I was like, okay, it made more sense to me once I realized that Paul is in a movie with Andrew Scott, who plays Hot Priest, hot and priest. they're playing lovers. So once I saw that, I was like, okay. I mean, not that that really explains why uh, Daisy would be Fleabag instead of Phoebe, Phoebe. Fleabag. But yeah. then I was like, okay, maybe you can answer this. Were they at like an um, like a cast party that maybe Phoebe like wasn't at, like wasn't oh. able to go to? Yeah, she's like prepping for the Taylor Swift concert in <laughs> yeah. the US. Paul and Daisy like live in the UK. So like they're they're just going to a cast party. I have no idea. But like still go as like a fucking soccer player. <laughs> like, right. Not a couple's a, costume. A nurse or something. Yeah. Like, Wait, cause do do they end up together on the show? Like, or is that too spoiler? Like, do Fleabag and Hot Priest end up together? Or do they just like... It is the biggest spoiler of the show, so... Oh, okay. Okay, okay I'll just <laughs> say... It, but it has been out for, like, so many years. So I will say, unless you don't want to be spoiled. No, I don't, I don't care. Okay, if you don't want to be spoiled, like, <laughs> skip ahead to the next section. Um, there's timestamps in the episode show notes. <laughs> but basically, Fleabag is, like, uh, we don't actually get to know her real name, but it's what isn't it phoebe waller bridges yes i can use those names all the time but yes me too me too so we don't know her real name but she's references like fleabag and she's like a hot mess in the first season kind of an anti-hero um does a lot of shitty things and then in season two uh and she talks to the camera um like breaks the fourth wall uh like were her inside her head and um, in season two, she finds a love interest, but he's a priest. Priests famously cannot have sex or like romantic relationships. It's like devastating. It's like very back and forth. He starts, no other character has done this. He starts talking to the cameras and asking why she's like talking to the cameras, basically. So it's kind of like a soulmate thing I think and then um but they don't end up together he goes back to like priesthood or whatever and breaks up with her that's interesting yeah okay so you're telling me though that they are basically soulmates so Mm -hmm. him and his friend Daisy dressed up as soulmates is what I'm yes uh... okay okay (laughs) see that gives me more context because I just I didn't really know um but yeah, it's fucking weird. I don't know. You know, I've never had a serious relationship and I like to think that I'd be like, oh, yeah, like it's Chill. so cool that you have very <laughs> close girlfriends. Like I like to think I because I think I tend to like like I think guys who have close female relationships, uh, you know, like if they have si- sisters or like uh, cousins that are girls or, you know, stuff like that. I think that can make them more empathetic and maybe yeah, a better boyfriend. And maybe this is like my own patriarchy, like mm-hmm. negative thoughts in my head. But I'm just kind of like, I think I do unfortunately have this viewpoint that I'm like, if you're super close with a girl, like you probably want to fuck her. Mm-hmm. And so that would make me, it would probably make me insecure. Like, I don't think I'd be like, oh no, you can't hang out with her. Cause obviously Phoebe is friends with Daisy too, but yeah. 
And for all we know, they could be having threesomes. Yes. Okay. So that's what people are saying that they could be a possible thruple. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, people are saying that as like a serious like thought. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, you have to be the most, which is like good, good for you that you have the most like confidence and self-esteem that you can be that secure in your relationship that yeah that this doesn't bother you or they're all dating it's one or the two <laughs> like, yeah either we- phoebe bridges is like the phoebe bridges is the coolest chick ever or they're all dating okay i think i want to <laughs> go with they're all dating because that's yeah. just that's kind of fun i mean i would think like again this would cause issues because if phoebe and paul are engaged now isn't daisy gonna feel like a little left out i mean maybe she doesn't yeah want like marriage in her life but yeah is that I I don't know enough about like polyamory and thruples and stuff but I would think if you're a thruple like if two of you get married the other one's got to feel left out I don't know you know three's a crowd man that's all (laughs) I know I need to do some more research into (laughs) ethical non-monogamy 100% but like yeah I just I don't know like it's just something that I'm like, yeah, you're way too cool for me. I'm way too, I'm way too psycho for this. So did you hear the story about him? Like freaking out on a fan for like talking about his, his like nudity. Did you hear this story? No. Okay. So he called a fan fucking rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like quote sounds fucking like, rude. Sounds like something I would say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is Paul being petty. Maybe this should have been my petty of the week, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So he said that this like woman, he okay, Paul's out with his friends, right? I'm thinking they're at a bar or something. They run into a hen party. Do you guys call it hen party in Canada? Because we call it like a bachelorette party. Yeah, yeah. Call uh, we call it bachelorette, but I know in like the UK and and most of Europe, I think they say hen Hen party. party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this lady's at a hen party and she comes up and she says, I didn't think the show was any good, but I saw your Willie and I have a photo. And he's like, that was the first time I was really angry. And he's like, I was like, that's fucking rude. It's embarrassing for you. It's embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing for my friends. And now I have to say no to you as in like he said no for the picture. And I'm kind of like, okay, is it kind of rude to go up to someone and say, I didn't think the show you were in was any good? Yeah. Yes. But is it that bad to say I saw your wee wee and I have a photo of it? <laughs> like Stop. I have not seen this show again, but it sounds like he was showing his wee wee and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, his willy and she had a picture. Like I'm so, like I don't know. I don't know. Like you put it out there, dude. People liked that show from what I heard because it had like a really um good representation of sex scenes and it had yeah. like an intimacy coordinator on set. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if you put that out there, I mean, is is there really any harm in it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel mixed feelings about it. I know it's disrespectful to do that, but I think she was probably just drunk and like thought I it was know, funny. and like so excited. This is me approaching Theo James. Being <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> yeah. And I think she was probably like, I just want to be funny, like have a little memorable yeah, like laugh yeah. with him, have a little yeah. crack with him, you know? Yes. And yeah. And it just did not go how she planned. So I feel for this fan. Maybe I should 100%. be more sympathetic to him, but like as a person know. that like blurts out everything as soon as I have like more than a singular glass of wine, I don't know. I think that's like kind of just like 
an embarrassing moment, but I know that like actors really get bothered by like, I don't know, these kinds of like fan interactions. Yeah. Again, I guess I sort of liken it to like, oh, I did something embarrassing on TikTok and then you took a screenshot and we're out and you show it to me. And I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I put that shit on TikTok. Like, yeah, yeah. And like now I'm super rich and super famous for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a little bit biting the hand that feeds you because I'm Mm -hmm. like, is there really anything to be ashamed of? Like it it is what it is. Like you you had nudity and now it's out there which I yeah. think is fine like yeah, I don't, yeah 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 I don't think there's any shame in actors showing things like unless they're uncomfortable with it if they're yeah, uncomfortable with course. it no but if of you're course. agreeing and you're comfortable with it in the moment I don't think there's any shame in it so totally totally yeah Ugh, it's so interesting I think like the Paul and Andrew Scott is it a tv show no, it's a movie. A um, movie that will ruin me. So I'm just, I'm so thrilled to be a part of this. Like, honestly, it's becoming a cinematic universe. Like, just these absolute, like, layers that these, this show is producing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and da- Daisy's in, like, everything recently, I feel like. Yeah, she was in Where the Cawdads Sing. And yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't see that because of the... Me neither. Yeah, because of you know all the all the yep. controversy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm good. Yeah, Don't yeah, use I'm, bug. Don't use yeah. that. No. Um, but no. I did watch her in the one with uh, Sebastian Stan. Fresh. Did you see that one? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. You saw yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a ride. Yeah. That was something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I need to stick to fucking holiday rom coms. Like, I was listening to your episode. Um, your just most recent one when you guys are talking about the Lindsay movie, which yeah. I did. I watched it last night. So, oh my God, what were your thoughts? Oh God, I have so many. I I don't even know where to start. I I'm so happy to see Lindsay back. I thought her and Court Overstreet had no chemistry. I, I really wanted a duet with her and Court. Like I was like, when are they going to sing both together? Sing, I yeah. know. And, and it's Cord- a fucking Christmas movie. Exactly, and they both separately did Christmas songs for it. Like I was looking at Cord's um, Instagram today and he released a Christmas song that I think was supposed to be in conjunction with the movie. And then obviously she did Jingle Bell Rock. So I felt like that was kind of a letdown. I want to have a word with the writers of these movies because I'm like, again, it it feels like Hollywood punking us because I'm like, do they just purposely make it so corny and bad? Like, because I just think there's a way to make, like you can make things cheesy and cute and make them holiday movie and corny without making them like have the worst dialogue I've ever heard in my life or like have a dead mom. Like, why does there always have to be a dead mom and a little kid, a girl? Like, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Or like the scene where um she's fall, she's skiing and then falling down the cliff and <laughs> like the ring gets like pulled off her finger. Like, why that looks like I made it for like a class project in high school and like submitted that to my English teacher like it was so embarrassing you know the one that got me was the the raccoon in the window oh my god that fucking raccoon that was me holding a stuffed animal I'm like I'm crouched down below the window and I'm just like putting it up in the window like it was so embarrassing again like I've never edited anything in my life and I can edit better than the people in this who produced this movie 
God, but you know, I had to say it wasn't the worst thing I've watched on Netflix. No, I'm sure I'll no. watch worse. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was fine. And again, I, I love watching Lindsay on screen. I think she's like entertaining to watch. And yeah. I hope I kind of wish she had come back with a little bit more of a bang um, and not have chosen that role. But I think that's probably all she was able to get. I think so too. And like people have talked about this a little bit, but like it was very much ensemble cast and like everyone had a storyline. And I think they were scared that she wasn't going to like pull through. So I'm I think hoping- she did. I think she, she totally did. did. I think she did too. So I'm hoping, like I know she has like a- another one or two movie deal with Netflix. I'm hoping, like my guest Diana said, like it's more elevated. It's because she's talented. She's super talented. And yeah, I, I just want to see her in something better. Yeah. Or you know what? She could just be like the next Vanessa Hudgens of Christmas movies and be making that check. You know, she's probably getting paid good. So yeah. Yeah. I can't blame her. Yeah. I loved when her and Cord finally kiss and it's a body double. <laughs> it was? Yes. It, no. like, it starts to like pull back and it 100% is a body double. And I was laughing so fucking no, hard. No, I had to like kind of close my eyes at that part. I get so cringe. I hate watching yeah. people like kiss on. Yeah. I know we were talking about like sex scenes. And showing yeah, dicks and yeah, stuff. yeah. No, I'm so cringe. Like yeah. I cannot. <laughs> I like get embarrassed. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. It was embarrassing. It was really, it was Lindsay had a body double, but it was Cord. Yes. Do you and think I was it's like, that's fucking cool. Because <laughs> she's like newly married and she was trying to be like respectful to her husband. Or... I thought that and I'm like, oh, if he like, I like, I love it. I'm like, if he cares about this and then I'm like with Daisy and Phoebe and Paul, like it's basically <laughs> the same shit. And I'm like, how dare they? But like. <laughs> I thought that that was my initial thing, but then I was like, eh, maybe she just like doesn't give a fuck because why would she need to like do like an uncomfortable scene when again she's like the star and she can ask for a body double? I I'm so shook right now. I like need to go rewatch it. It's so funny. It's so funny. Is her body yeah. double like credited? I, I like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same girl that was like falling down the mountain. Like it's had her with a red wig. Over it's just her in a red wig. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I'm like that's so, so excited to look at this afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Okay, we should talk about Taylor Swift. I feel like this is like the juiciest part of the episode. (laughs) So are you going to the Eras tour? I am. I am going to night one of the Tampa shows because that's her only place in Florida is Tampa, um, which is not super close to me. And Mm -hmm. but I'm still excited. Okay, I'll stop there because I have a lot to say. But yes, I am going. Okay, (laughs) so am I. I got night one tickets to Seattle Nice. Which I'm very excited for me and three people that have been on this podcast, Courtney, Dana, and Lisa, who's been on Patreon, and I are going. So we're like in the lower bowl. I'm very excited. My first Taylor Swift concert. (gasps) Oh my God. They're so fun. I've been to two. I went to Fearless in 1989. Oh my God. You know, it's it's kind of hard because those first so the very first one I went to, it, I took my two little sisters and I was in college at the time 
And my youngest sister was super, she's 10 years younger than me. So, I mean, she was like pre braces, so young. It was her very first concert ever. And we bought tickets like the week before they were like fine tickets. They were in the lower bowl, but like, you know, at the time that wasn't considered like that great. I feel like, cause it wasn't as yeah. competitive. Right. Yeah. And it, we just so happened. Like I had looked nothing up ahead of time. I didn't, I don't even know if Reddit existed at that point. If it did, <laughs> I wasn't looking at it. Right. To like scope out locations and Taylor Swift came down our aisle and hugged my sister and I have a photo of it. So oh my God. that was insane. It was like when she was watching, walking to her B stage, she walked down our aisle. So that happened. And then the last tour, 1989, um, I got tickets off Ticketmaster, but not in the initial sale. Like they must have like released some later on down the line. And it was at uh, the same stadium that this one's going to be at. Mm. And I went with my sister. It was Halloween. So that alone, that was so fun because everyone's dressed up. It was so I was, fun. I was wearing a matching skeleton costume with my sister. It was like we <laughs> it was kind of crazy because we literally were flying to California like three hours after the show ended. So, you know, we were just like on this high. Her mom offered us bottled water. We thought that was our chance. We thought we were going to be taken back to the meet and greet, but she literally tapped me on the shoulder and she was like, honey, do you need some water? It's that's how hard I was dancing. Like I must've looked insane in the membrane for her to literally tap me on the shoulder. And like, are you for okay? Andrea honey? to be like, do you, you need, need water? a sip of water? Yeah. And, um, same concert, uh, Adina Menzel came out and Taylor was dressed in like a snowman thing and they did oh, frozen. Yeah. Yes, and I remember, but the funny part about that is that two of her friends were behind us, Adina's friends. Mm. And my sister and I were just so excited, right? Like we were like fangirling. I'm, I'm like literally out of law school at this point, but I don't care. I'm a fangirl. I'll be 70 years old in a fangirl. Of course. So we're just like so excited. We're like, who's it going to be? And we realize it's Adina Menzel. And I turn around and I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking Adina Menzel. And her fucking friends behind us were like, oh my fucking God, it's Adina Menzel. Like mocked me. Oh my God. I and thought you were, were going to be like, they were, they like took no. pictures with us. No, <laughs> like, and I knew the they no. And I knew that they were her friends because earlier on they were bragging about how they knew who her special guest was going to be. And I was oh like, oh my God, that's so obnoxious. They were so rude. We were also, so all of her friends, like Alessia Cara also performed that show. Her friends were back there, her family and Sean Mendez. Mm -hmm. I literally, he was right behind me and he was not as known back then, but I pointed in his face and I said, oh my God, it's Sean Mendez. <laughs> back to like being an obnoxious fan. Like again, I was just living, right? And he looks at me, he's like, watch the show. And I was oh, like, oh my God, people so, are so rude. Yeah, or so it was Paul like, would say fucking rude. Like, So I had two very eventful Taylor Swift concerts. So I'm like, I know this one. I mean, not to jinx it. I just, I'm not sure it can like live up to that, you know? No, those are the, those are wild stories. <laughs> I, I hope that it's like no one's rude to you. <laughs> I won't be close enough to, for anyone to be rude to me. Like I, I think I'm, I'm good. I'm also, we're in the lower bowl too. Like we're in like 115, but I think it's kind of like almost behind the stage. You know, it's like really yeah, on the we're, side. We're on the side too, but I was like, whatever, God bless that we're yeah. even fucking going because it was a nightmare to get tickets. Yeah. And you know, the other layer of this is that I feel like I begrudgingly worship at the altar of Ticketmaster, right? Like I go to Harry Styles concert. I've spent way too much money on Ticketmaster and I didn't even get a damn fan code. I have put like three Neither choices. Did I. 
like, and I swear everyone else I knew like got one and it's people who never buy concert tickets. And I know it's probably just luck of the draw, mm. but I think that's why people are so mad at the core of it because it, yeah. people are like, I ha have loyalty not only to Ticketmaster, but to Taylor. I mean, I've been a fan of Taylor since her Taylor Swift album came out. And I think, you know, is it stupid for us to get mad over that when it's literally a computer system? But I think people feel really robbed when they're like, I've given so much time and money and effort and I'm sitting here trying to spend more money and I can't even get out of this damn weightliner. I can't get a fan code, you know? I know, I know. No, I agree. It like starts to feel personal even though like it truly isn't. So we're on the West Coast. So we logged on at like the 930 mark. Then we just kept getting like error messages and then we got the thing from Ticketmaster being like it's being postponed to three because the East Coast and like the middle time zones were um, just causing so, yeah, just yeah. causing so much traffic and breakdown, etc. So then we hop on at 2.30, get in at three-ish. Uh, we're like, we get the 2000 plus waiting in queue in front of you screen and I think... Uh, we got the tickets around five o'clock. So it, it was like a three hour wait or like two and a half hour wait, but like pretty excruciating. And so this was like, and I feel like that was just the normal. Like, I feel like people would be like, that's not even bad. So I'll share a little bit what people were saying. So there's stories of people on Twitter because I was on Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, like well, all, all this was going Same. on. And so there's stories of tons of people not getting tickets even if they had the pre-sale code waiting hours in line like some people waiting like eight hours 12 hours etc um people reselling tickets for like twelve thousand dollars on like StubHub and shit like that they said that Ticketmaster gave out 1.5 pre-sale codes and 14 million people joined their site that morning on tuesday which it's like kind of also annoys me because it was like so clear that you only should have been there if you had a pre-sale code. Right. Um, so like that's kind of annoying. And then so they gave out 1.5 million pre-sale codes. So we're assuming that's like you could buy up to six tickets. And then there was like all of this drama online about fans were disappointed with Taylor specifically and Ticketmaster because of the dynamic pricing scale, she didn't respond to everyone like having like the worst day of her their lives. Like she said something about her Grammy because um, she was nominated for Song of the Year for All Too Well 10 minute version. And then today another anti-hero remix dropped and it's like the fucking like eighth remix. <laughs> A lot of the diehard Swifties didn't get tickets. Do you know the Bejeweled TikTok dance? Yes. The creator of that dance didn't get tickets. Oh my God. Well, he'll get given them for sure. I know. I was he'll like, you're going up. backstage. Like, shut up. But yeah. like, but like, I was like, oh God. But like, it's like, I guess. And then it's just so funny going on Twitter now and just watching people being like, you know what? It, this is actually Taylor's fault. And when people are at the tour, like they won't know the lyrics to her song. So she'll just be looking out at a bunch of fake fans. And I'm oh like, my God, girls, <laughs> we need to lock it up. Like, what the fuck? Like, 
who are you to say that? Um, yeah, if people are willing to spend their money to go see her, I'm like, good on you. I don't care if you know every single yeah. lyric. Yeah, like, I mean, I know what I spent on. It was over $300 for like a, a okay seat. But yeah. like, that's insane. Like, that is a lot of money. I've never spent that much money on a on a ticket in that section. You know, same, same. at a stadium. I, I don't want my friends that I'm going with to listen to this because I know that they're going to listen to this and be like, oh, my God, she's annoying as fuck. I had a bit of buyer's remorse. We <laughs> spent like, yeah, 300 ish on like U.S. on tickets, which comes out to about 475 Canadian. And and afterwards, I was like, damn, 475 is a lot of fucking money. And then add in the like I live in Victoria which is on Vancouver Island a different fucking country than Seattle that I have to go to so like we'll be taking at least one ferry or or driving through the mainland to get to Seattle so um just thinking about the cost of hotels and travel expenses and and food and stuff I'm like this is one weekend that's probably going to cost me like a thousand dollars whereas like some of my like entire vacations have cost a thousand dollars yeah yeah it's a huge outlay of money for a show that lasts two hours you know yes yes and I'm very very excited to go again I the only concerts I've been to in my life was like grade 12 I went to Backstreet Boys and then second year uni, I went to Justin Bieber. That's like literally the only concerts I've ever been to. Okay, so. but those are two like really good ones. Such good ones. So <laughs> I'm I'm very excited. But like, yeah, so it, it's going to be, I think it'll be worth it. But I was just like, holy fuck, this is really expensive. And I was talking to like some of like my sister and um, Kirsten McKinnis, also another friend of the pod. And I was like, are you going to like try to get tickets at the general sale? And they're like, actually, like, I don't think so. Like, that's so expensive, which brings us to today. So Tuesday happened nightmare. Wednesday was the Capital One. Um, Tickets went on sale just as bad. Oh, I tried to get in on that. Like just error message after error message. I just gave up like and I'm not usually one to give up. But at that point, we already had the tickets and I was like, I don't need to be greedy. Like I was trying to get it for a better date so I didn't have to miss work, but I was right. like, it's it's not happening. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and then <laughs> today, Thursday, uh, Ticketmaster tweets out, which I thought because of the new Elon era of Twitter and the blue check mark situation, I thought this was straight up a joke. <laughs> But Ticketmaster tweeted out that they are canceling the general sale, which was supposed to happen tomorrow. What are yeah. your what are your thoughts? I'm really dumbfounded because in all of my years of buying tickets, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen. And like, again, I thought Harry Styles ticket buying was bad. Like yeah. I went through the ringer for that, like for his um, MSG residency. Yeah, I tried no joke, like during six different sales to get tickets. I could not get anything. My best friend who I went with works for Columbia. She could not even get anything. <laughs> and so we bought tickets at MSG like an hour before the show started and somehow got like amazing face value tickets from Ticketmaster. So like maybe the Ticketmaster gods, they're like, we smiled on you once already this year. Like you're not getting, you know, a fan code, but I mean, that just goes like, I thought that was bad. You know, like I thought that process was miserable and 
it was nothing compared to this. And you would think that even though this was, you know, an unprecedented amount of people trying to get in, I'm sure, like, I'm sure 14 million is the most they've ever had tried to get in. It's not like they haven't dealt with huge numbers of people. It shows me that this whole verified fan thing, while it's a step in the right direction, it's not good enough. It's not really solving the issues. And I, I think you brought it up a little bit, but like the dynamic pricing thing, that to me is the most fucked up part of all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to speak a little bit to that? So this to me just started cropping up recently. It used to be that when Ticketmaster would have a sale, they wouldn't start pricing their tickets on what they call the platinum level until the general sale had already happened. Now they're pricing tickets on a platinum level, which means that the prices go up in price based on demand as you're buying them. So a ticket that was $200 can all of a sudden jump up to, you know, $600 because of this dynamic pricing that they've started doing. And it's caused a lot of people to like put a ticket in their basket, not even realizing that like it has now gone up in price so much and check out because you have to be so fast. And all of a sudden they're like, I just dropped over a thousand dollars on this. And to me, that's something that the artists can control 100%. They have contracts for these things. Like Mm -hmm. they could say that they don't want dynamic pricing. At least Mm -hmm. that's how my understanding of how it would work. I, again, I'm not, I'm not their lawyers. I don't, I don't see these contracts, but I can't imagine that that's something that's not in Taylor's control to say. Yeah. But, at the end of the day, she's making bank on this. Like Taylor's in on this too. Yes, yes, yes. And I think people are starting to slowly realize that because it's like she is like, like I've talked about on this podcast a thousand times, like a capitalist at, at to, to her core oh, yeah. Oh, with yeah. all of her like fucking cheap merch and her nine versions of the Midnight's like vinyls and like shit like that. So Ticketmaster is is now a conglomerate with Live Nation and they have like exclusive contracts with most of the really large like football stadiums, which I think is like another reason for this, because if she was going to do a bunch of big venues, she needed to work with Ticketmaster versus like if she did smaller ones and could work with like I guess other ticket selling companies but it's like she again if she's like the biggest pop star in the world like you have to I feel like do the biggest venues yeah and so yeah so she obviously came up with this plan like her and her team with Ticketmaster and I just still don't understand how they didn't account for the numbers and why they were so greedy. Like they knew that this shit was going to sell out and it was going to be the, you know, best sold like U.S. concert in the world, like in history and like all of that. But like they had to do all of this additional shit like as well. It's 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 disheartening for people. Yeah. And that's why whenever people are like, oh, Taylor cares so much about her fans. Taylor cares about her bag. And Taylor knows that by creating parasocial relationships with her fans and creating this sort of like feverish frenzy of people so wanting the chance to be close to her and thinking that there's some chance that they will be plucked out of obscurity, that they will be one of like, you know, 25 people who gets chosen to go backstage and meet her. All of that just escalates into this thing where she's up at master like she has yeah. complete control and it goes back to even you know when she would do like 
I forget what she called it now. Was it Swiftmas where she would, she would leave like a little Santa on people's, you know, Tumblr account. And then she would show up and give them Christmas presents, creating those, giving this illusion that she has these really personal relationships with her fans that are so diehard, you know, have a million Twitter pages, fan pages about her by giving those people like a chance to get closer. She gives everyone else hope that if we, if we're just as good of a fan, if we just try just as hard and if we make all these fan pages, we can do that too. And it's, it's kind of gross. Like I'm saying this as a hardcore Taylor fan, like same obsessed. I think my favorite artist of all time. Like, yeah. Honestly, same. I think she's masterful at what she does. I love how she makes Easter eggs. I think she does think it's all fun. And I think she, she cares about her fans to an extent, but it it's turning a blind eye to not think that this at the end of the day does have to do with marketing and money and getting her own, which she deserves. But I think, I think it's going to cause backlash that she's in her next tour, maybe going to have to, you know, reel back a little bit from. 100%. So people are so upset that like there's been so much outrage online on across every platform. People are consulting lawyers, starting class action lawsuits. People in um I can't remember which state, but like it's <laughs> but like literally it's gone to like local governments. People have started petitions, surveys. People were rewriting the lyrics to the Great War. and and saying that this was their great war like it's some some of it like has given me a little bit of a chuckle because it's so ridiculous it's so dramatic over again guys so dramatic it's a concert like I love concerts but at the end of the day like life's gonna go on I mean yeah but I don't know but at this (laughs) the same I I feel so torn about it too because I'm like but I do get it it's so frustrating and I know I know and like when she hasn't gone on tour like obviously Loverfest was canceled devastating then the pandemic and stuff like that so it's like when she hasn't toured in such a long time there's just this you know just this this drive to really like go to one of the shows so I I get how it feels life and death and I am so fascinated to watch which lawsuits actually come out of this because I mean this is not the first time that Live Nation and Ticketmaster have been sued in class action suits and I know I've even they for a while they were having to pay out I got a ton of like $10 off $25 off codes from them I think I got like 10 codes for money off for concerts because of some class action lawsuit that happened years ago so they're not you know, foreign to this idea. They have the Buku Bucks to cover a lawsuit to hire big law attorneys. Like they're going to be fine. But I'm just wondering if we you know what really needs to happen is them to get in trouble, like on an antitrust law level, like m- breaking up this monopoly because. Yes, which AOC tweeted about. Oh, really? I, what did she say? She was saying this is a huge monopoly and it should not be allowed to have both of these companies like together as a conglomerate. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And I actually didn't know that, you know, some of the venues sold through SeatGeek. And I didn't even know that. I thought SeatGeek only did resales. But I guess like in Arizona and Texas, some of their stadiums are contracted with SeatGeek. Yeah. So it was through DC. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't know if if SeatGeek had a better time in all of this or if like they were equally. 
I think shitty. it was slightly better because they just didn't have the the numbers that Ticketmaster had, but I think it was the same issues with like pricing and shit. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm just interested to see in 20 years from now, like if we're actually going to have more competition, if you're going to see things like SeatGeek and StubHub all having getting their own contracts with stadiums so that this scenario isn't happening. Mm-hmm. But I still, again, I put blame on Taylor because she, I think she, I could be wrong on this. I think she's one of the first people who started using verified fan sales and like this idea of like ticket boost where if you bought yes. her CDs, you would get, I think she was like the first person to do that. So her team and her, they're really creative when it comes to this kind of stuff. They can figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I know. And that I didn't like that either because it was like, I was talking to my friend who was buying the tickets with me and it was like, so you had to either listen to her music, which you could just put on a loop or whatever, or buy merch or like shit like that. So it's like, okay, only super rich people can go. Like I just, yeah, yeah, it sucks. And like, even me, I'm like, I'm like a well-adjusted, like 30 year old. And it's like, this is going to be the last concert I go to for like a fucking decade. <laughs> like well, you know, honestly, the, the some, some of the concerts I have the most fun at are the ones that I get for like $25 face value. They're at a small venue. Mm. Those are so fun. And mm. like you get to be closer. It feels more intimate. So I recommend those. Those should like if you want a nice, fun concert, do do that because it's way less of a headache. Yeah, 100 percent. Who's opening for Taylor for the Tampa show? Um, Biba Doobie. Is that I always say it, Biba Doobie? <laughs> I think that's how you say it. And um, Gracie Abrams. Who do you know? Oh, nice. Have? Yeah, yeah. Um, Haim and I think also Gracie Abrams. Oh, my God. Haim, that, that's iconic, though. That's yeah, I'm really excited for that because it's like we'll probably get nobody, no crime. And yeah. it like that's like a, another huge artist that we'll get to see. So I'm excited. And they're only doing like one show, right? One or two, I think. Like they're not doing many. They're not doing tons. So, yeah, I feel super lucky that I'm going to one of those. Again, your your buyer's remorse will definitely fade day of concert because at totally. that point, the, the, like, money spent is so far in the past that, that you're, like, you're like, I don't give a fuck. I'll, like, spend any more money. Like, I'll, <laughs> exactly. I'll be buying the, like, $12, like, mocktail drink. Exactly. That, like, yeah, it comes in, like, a midnight tour cup and, like, shit like that 100%. And you're, and you're so happy. You're just, like, riding the high that, yeah, it's, it's, it's all worth it in the end, but – Absolutely. And I don't want to seem ungrateful because like, again, like I know that there's so many people even probably listening to this that didn't have this as much luck that we had. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, before we move on, do you think that they will add more dates, uh, announce the uh, like Europe and Canadian legs of the tour before they go back on sale for like gen pop or do you think like they just really truly oversold the pre-sale and people are sol I'm so confused about that because my understanding of these pre-sales was always that there was a certain held back quota of tickets that they would sell and then there was always going to be ones held for the general sale so I'm I'm like at a loss as to what exactly this hold up here if this is just them like renegotiating contracts if they're going to just yeah push it back like you said where they can get their shit figured out get their software figured out like I I don't know I because again this really is kind of unprecedented I've never heard of this happening before so I'm I'm intrigued I do think I don't know how they're going to handle the announcements of the other legs though 
like where in the timeline that'll happen. I thought, I thought UK was going to be announced before the US mm-hmm. because I had heard like rumblings of them already like, like I just had heard about venues and stuff there. So I thought they were just going to announce it since people already knew, but I, I don't, I'm at a loss. Me too. Yeah. I have no idea. And like the tweet again, so ambiguous and um, not super clear. There has been, I just checked while we were podcasting since this news broke like four hours ago, we are recording on the Thursday. I checked no response from Taylor except for it being uh, retweeted by Taylor Nation. And then Ticketmaster has also not posted like a follow-up like thread or web page or like anything. So as of right now, we literally just have that like super ambiguous tweet. Oh, and Taylor's not going to say shit about this. She's going to distance herself as much as possible. She doesn't want to be mixed up in all of this. She's going to like wash her hands of it say nothing that's my prediction like yeah. Taylor Taylor Nation might say something but we're not going to get anything from Taylor Swift herself this is my this is my prediction Taylor Swift tweets and then like maybe reposts it to like her Instagram stories or something and it's going to be like heard we broke numbers on Tuesday for like most tickets sold ever to a concert like Love you all and can't wait to see you on the road. And literally then, just brushing under the rug. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like so clock amazing. Clock emoji, star <laughs> emoji, and then she pieces the motherfucking scene. Like, yeah. seriously, because we know she will only comment on things that personally, like, affect her, like the mm-hmm. fucking streaming services when they were, like, not paying their artists po- like exactly <laughs> properly and stuff exactly so. she's gonna be counting her money happily she's good yeah, she- <laughs> yeah she's good yeah and I also wait and this is like actually my attempt at advice like no one go buy twelve thousand dollar tickets like no, the prices will go don't. down like yeah it's gonna be fine like I think everyone can get tickets at a much more reasonable price as the dates get closer. Yeah, or like literally take that twelve thousand dollars. Not that anyone just has a, a cool twelve thousand in their bank account, but like <laughs> take that money and make it into your Euro trip and literally go see Taylor Swift in like fucking Ireland or something. Lit- like uh, that's a genius idea. Yeah, yeah, like use that. Like don't buy something in the U.S. Make like a fun week trip to I don't know Dublin or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Or come you up will to have- Canada. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you will have buyer's remorse if you spend $12,000 on a Taylor Swift ticket. 100%. Sure. 100%. Like, that's a new car. Like, well, not actually, but basically. Yeah, but yeah. 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 Wild, wild times. Well, this story, like I said, is still breaking. So um, we can update you all, like, as we get further updates. When are you um, releasing the episode? Sunday. Okay, so maybe you can give an update at the end. Maybe we'll know more. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea because I, I'll probably edit on like Saturday. So hopefully there'll be like more news. Okay, this is now the part of the show where <laughs> Bailey is going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week. Someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Who are you nominating this week? I am nominating Ancestry.com. Have you heard this story about Ashley Tisdale and Austin Butler? No. Okay. Oh my God, I'm so excited already. Okay, so I just think this was so petty because little did I know that apparently Ancestry.com has their own podcast, which like, of course they do. You know, they're buying up everyone's DNA. Like that, if, if no one knows, that's what 
um, it's one of those DNA testing. Like, how do you describe that? Like you send in your DNA and then they tell you your ancestry. Yes. Yeah. Like a, the saliva kits. Yes. <laughs> yes. So they had Ashley Tisdale on their podcast. And so they were asking her like a multiple choice question. And they were like, which one of these celebrities are you related to? And the options were Zac Efron, Cole Sprouse and Dylan Sprouse or Austin Butler. And she's like freaking out because she's like, I've like kissed like almost all of those men like yes. on. She's like in acting, like not, you know, on my free time, but like I've kissed almost all of them. Yes. <laughs> so she's like, yes. I'm kind of mortified. But and I've, she says this like way cuter than I'm saying it right now. But she's like, but, you know, like ever since I met Austin Butler, I just have always had like a really co connection with him. Like he feels like a brother and they are like 10th cousins like once removed so like it goes back many like 10 generations back they shared like a, a you know grandparents or great, 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 great grandparents isn't that hilarious like I just that I thought it was so wild. petty they brought it up like and petty that is, is yes <laughs> that is fucking petty because it's like like I feel like there was like kind of some like Ashley and Zach rumors when before he got together with Vanessa and then Austin Butler famously was her love interest in Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Yeah. And then, I mean, Cole and Dylan practically played like her brothers in The Sweet Life. Yes. Yes. So I thought their choices were just so petty and funny. And I just like love the story. And you sh everyone should go watch the clip of her answering because it's it's very sweet. And she does seem very close with Austin, which had me wondering like how that worked out with Vanessa because, you know, Vanessa and Austin dated Goes for so on long. to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Such a small world, it seems like. But also, I feel like Ashley would be on this fucking Ancestry.com website or <laughs> podcast because it's like she I feel like is just like producing all of this content but like none of it's like a movie or like it's it's rogue it's it's yeah. it's a little bit out there yeah um you know she has her line at target she's gotta she's gotta pimp out so yes okay so just wait her line at target is a skincare line it seems like kind of beauty wellness, wellness like yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, yeah. I saw it at Target the other day but I didn't closely examine it but it was it was near all of the like bath makeup stuff yeah so yeah that's a uh cash grab <laughs> yeah but I, I kind of want to try it because I I really enjoy Ashley Tisdale honestly me too me too she has that star quality like when you see people like Demi Lovato and and stuff like that uh, Kelly Clarkson like that you're just like there's something in you that is like star quality. And I feel like Ashley has that. Yeah. And she's, she's just very endearing. I really liked her architectural digest and me too. Yeah. Me too. She's very like cute and vivacious and she's talented. Yeah. I, I want to see her in more stuff. She's like Lindsay. I'm like, don't give her trash. Give her good shit. Like I, I know. think she has the chops. Yeah. 100%. Justice for the Disney stars. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Okay, finally, it's time for This Week in Petty, where Bailey's going to share a story about something that happened in real life that she's petty about. What are you petty about this week? Okay, this is going to make me sound like the biggest fuddy dud, but I was at a wedding this past weekend, and the wedding was beautiful. It was for a family member. I had a great time. It was like a lovely wedding, mm -hmm. but it had me thinking, and I was like, honestly, I'm so petty about the fact that at weddings, you were just like expected to dance. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. This is so interesting to me because you're, you're right. So you just weren't in the mood or you're not a big oh, dancer I'm never, in general? I am never <gasps> in the mood. 
I'm not like a dancing girl. Like I feel so awkward doing it. Like I'll do it, especially cause like I was like five tequilas deep, like mm, I'll wow. do it. And I kind of am enjoying myself, but I'm, I'm one of those people. It's never like a comfortable, fun thing for me. So I kind of wish weddings had like different activities. Like I feel like it's always focused on the dancing, right? So it's yeah. like you're dancing or you're just kind of sitting on the sidelines. And I think we need like another activity, like maybe like a karaoke little section oh my God. or like, like, honestly, I think I'd rather sing than, than dance. And I would like to have, maybe if I ever have a wedding, like we'll, we'll have that. We'll, we'll, like, there'll be different stations, you know? <laughs> I love that idea. It's been about a year since I've attended a wedding, but I totally get that because it's like, also like I need breaks. I don't have the stamina to go from like 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. Like I'm out of shape. Like, yeah, but it's like, if you're not dancing, then you're like the loser sitting at the table. So I agree. And everyone's coming over like, why aren't you dancing? And I'm like, because my quads hurt. And then like the next day, my quads hurt. Yeah, I've been wearing high heels for 12 hours. Literally. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, make it more acceptable for me to be barefoot. And then maybe I'll be drop locking, whatever. Like, yes. Yes. Okay, but in general, you do like to dance though. Like, yes, yes. 100%. Like, yes, I will be up there. I have a very... Some of my friends, I was talking about this the other day, but some of my friends say that my dancing is like a woman with a baby at a wedding where you have like the baby on your hip (laughs) and you're just kind of doing like a side to side step. But like also, no, I feel like that's like maybe more sober me. (laughs) There's ranges, there's ranges. But yeah, I, I completely agree. Like there should be multiple activities at the same time yeah I love that I love that what so okay you said karaoke I was trying to think like what are other activities that we could have yeah I don't know what would be like hype because I get it dancing is just the only thing that's like music hype that's why all I can think of is like karaoke but oh I don't know just maybe just like more of like like almost like a mosh pit where you're just like standing and sway like You know, like pretending you're at a Taylor Swift concert. Like, I like to like bob at a concert, but it's not the same as like being expected to full on dance. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, or like um, I was thinking like even just like pool tables or yeah. you know, you're, like at a bar or at a club and there's the dance floor, but then you could also just like get a drink and like play pool or like stand around the pool yes. table or like or, <gasps> or like gambling, gambling. Yes, kind of fun. yes, gambling. Any type of like. Yes, like, like fun a game. game, but not like cards where you're like, right. well, not like go fish cards, but like <laughs> like games that are like still like a little bit high energy. Like Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I still feel like one of the like funnest, this is kind of, I feel like wedding adjacent, but at my prom, which we call dry grad because now they call it, I think, safe grad, but it's like you're expected to be sober. They rented out a gymnasium and it there was a dance floor and then there was, it was um, Vegas themed. So there was tons of like blackjack tables like um, and tons of other games to play. And then they rented literally like 10, 15 um, of the inflatable like the sumo suits, the um, where you're like on a balance beam and you're trying to knock the person off, the slides, the like laser tag, the 
like ball pit like swing things like just like tons of things and I was like this was it was literally so much fun because you could dance you could eat you could drink or you could like go or you could sit or you could go play one of those games that's incredible I love that that's it'd be so expensive but it was like so much fun (laughs) and then you could just like because it was like in like such a big space you could just like run around like with no shoes on like you were saying and just like go down the slide and yeah fight your best friend on like the balance beam thing it was super fun I love that you've you've inspired me for my next um party that I probably won't throw but hypothetically for our hypothetical wedding (laughs) but I love that I love that I feel like you should do a full show on the wedding industry (laughs) there's a lot to talk about with it that's for sure so much just so much so much money so much time yeah yes okay that brings us to the end of the show um thank you so much for coming on can you tell the listeners where they can find you and anything else you want to plug Oh my gosh. So I would love if you listen to my podcast, Kind of Cute. I'm wherever you listen to podcasts. And then I'm at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcast on Instagram and at Bailey Evan on TikTok, which is actually like my largest platform where I have the most followers. So I would love, love for you to join me over there. Um, it's I love TikTok. Yes. Oh my God. I need to get into TikTok. Um, okay. This was so much fun. Thanks again for coming Oh my on. gosh. Tori, thank you so much for having me. This like made my Thursday. I feel calm going into my Friday now. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, after the week we've had these <laughs> fucking tickets, we getting to this. rant about Taylor was just. I loved it. I know it was so topical, so topical. <laughs> and there you have it. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Bailey for joining me on today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, it's super helpful to write a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, if you're looking for a holiday gift in like a office work exchange or for your partner or for your family member you can get rtbp merch all links are my bio we have a keychain and a starbucks cup which you can get in a lot of different colors i hope you are all safe and healthy out there as always i'm your host tori and i'm ready to be petty see you soon bye